In a world filled with options, no choice is as crucial as selecting the right primary care doctor. Arch Health and Grayville have joined Palomar Health to create Palomar Health Medical Group, a harmonious blend of medical expertise and family values. Our promise is to create an experience of warmth and compassion, transforming fear into trust. This open enrollment, the right decision is an easy one. Choose a primary care physician that puts your and your family's health first. Choose Palomar Health Medical Group. Believe it or not, week nine of the high school football season here in San Diego County. We're getting you ready. We've got a couple of games for you. Game time on your view. It is Left Coast Sports with John Schaefer and Jonathan Rifkin as we look back at week eight. We look ahead to week nine. We remind you, as always, this episode brought to you by Palomar Health. Champions aren't made overnight. They're created through practice, determination, and dedication. Palomar Health, champions of healthcare, champions for you. Jonathan, let's start with where you were this past Thursday night. Mount Miguel, El Cap. Big win for Mount Miguel, 46-20. What did you see this past Thursday night? Well, believe it or not, I actually had to watch this game, John. I was not present oh, for it. So no, no, no. I don't want to take anything away from Jack and from Tommy, who did a fantastic job. Um, I was I was occupied up in Northern County. But uh, going back, watching it on your view, on watch.yourview.com, uh, my takeaways were, look, Mount Miguel cruised to a, a, a pretty solid win with three of their best pieces down. And to be able to do that speaks to the depth of this team. They've lost one game. It was to Bishops, probably the best team that they've played so far this year. The best team they're going to play this year. Uh, Mount Miguel has elite talent, man. Matthew Barton threw for six touchdowns in this game with one of his wide receivers injured. Um, Paris Vernon had two scores receiving. The running back, David McGowan, had over 100 yards rushing. So this team sort of built like USC in that they have a dynamic quarterback. out. Relatively speaking, for high school, Mount Miguel has a pretty good offensive line. USC doesn't, so we'll gloss over that. But but he has these great wide receivers around him. When you give Barton time, I mean, he's going to find you more often than not. And we saw those through the six touchdowns this past week against uh, an El Capitan team that really isn't that bad. That's a good team uh, on an upswing, I think, for the Vaqueros. Just could not get it going, especially defensively against Mount Miguel in this game. Um, and I think looking down the road for Mount Miguel, I mean, they're probably sitting comfortably is the best team in division four they have that weak strength of schedule but you know if you're killing teams and you're playing down then i think there's a little bit of proof in the put in there they should handle el cajon valley and monte vista their final two games of the season probably cruise to that number one seed and buy um in the division four playoffs i think they're going to win d4 i think they're going to represent the san diego section at the state level uh post this season but again this this past weekend down some very significant pieces and they didn't miss a beat let's talk about some other week eight results we saw ramona to open the season on your view and they took a 27 nothing loss to sam marcos i want to say jace nix the receiver for sam marcos had a big game i know ramona's tailback adrian enriquez ran for 100 yards but they were shut out uh what are the implications here ramona losing to sam marcos in shutout fashion 27 nothing yeah i mean ramona still trying to find their footing in division one so that right there already is sort of a a a tough hill to climb having been shut out in this game because there's a hint of doubt and now that max preps is being used to see the postseason that can um move ramona further down they were sort of on the cusp of the top 20 in in terms of rankings here in san diego this is going to probably move them down d1 can get a little tough we'll see how those last two open division spots go um pretty secure that lincoln and carl's battle be the one and two seeds 
uh, come postseason time. But Ramona wants to get into the postseason, and, and I think they still can. But at five and three, um, and getting shut out by San Marcos, probably not going to make things easy on them. Um, and then for the Palomar League, I mean, this is <laughs> this is one of the deeper leagues. We look at you know we look at the Avocado League, and we'll get to that in a moment. Talking about Mission Hills and El Camino. Uh, later and also recapping Mission Hills across the Canyon. Like that is by far from top to bottom, the most difficult league in all of San Diego, but people sleep on the Palomar league, Ramona, San Marcos, Del Norte were all undefeated coming into this weekend. Del Norte beat Mount Carmel 20 to 10. Ramona gets shut out by San Marcos. Now all of a sudden you have two teams that are undefeated in conference at the top, right? Del Norte, San Marcos, they match up on your view a week from Thursday. So our final game of the season, that could be for the Palomar League trophy and for the overall number one seed in Division Two. But San Marcos has Ramona on Friday. If Ramona wins that game, assuming that San Marcos beats Rancho Bernardo and then Del Norte wins next week against San Marcos, then we have three teams at the top of the Palomar League with one loss two division one teams and a division two team. I don't know. There's going to be extensive tiebreakers because basically you have that circle of all three teams have beaten each other, Um, but it makes things very intriguing and very fascinating. So um, keep your eye on Friday, Del Norte, Ramona, San Marcos, Rancho Bernardo. That's a big game. Obviously Eric Weddle's team sneaking out a win against Fallbrook this past weekend. And then that opens up for the implications for our game next Thursday, Ramona and Del Norte, excuse me, Del Norte and San Marcos. I don't know how you keep track of all that, but it sounded very good. All right. John Schaefer, Jonathan Rifkin with you here. Left Coast Sports. We're taking a look back at week eight. We'll look ahead here to week nine. But you mentioned Mission Hills, La Costa Canyon. Is this an upset? Technically, Mission Hills winning over La Costa Canyon 28-21 this past weekend? Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at the pundits and their rankings, um, everybody had La Costa Canyon ahead of Mission Hills. So... By definition, I guess you could say it's an upset because Max Preps has the cost of Canyon higher. The UT has the cost of Canyon higher. Those are probably the two most reputable top 10, top 20 rankings that you're going to find for the San Diego section. And so, yeah, I would say that this is an upset. Now, I don't think that this is an upset because Mission Hills played Carlsbad incredibly well. They've been figuring out their offensive identity. The defense has always been a big question mark. LaCosta Canyon is a younger team you know, do- sort of on the on the back nine here of the regular season, which is crazy. So mm-hmm. you got to wonder, there's more of an opportunity to falter and stumble. Um, and and La Costa Canyon, they played a great game. I mean, they were up 21 to 14, 21 to 13, rather, with about four minutes to go. Mission Hills goes on a 76-yard touchdown drive. It was actually really just a 76-yard touchdown throw from Troy Hun to his wide receiver, Keaton Smith, to, to bring them within two. Then they connect again for the two-point conversion. It's tied 21-21. Mission Hills gets the stop. They need a touchdown and 96 yards to go to win this football game. And they do it on the final play of the game. Keaton Smith is in the end zone on a 27-yard touchdown reception. And Mission Hills ekes out a victory against La Costa Canyon. So this is a team that is offensively hot. If its defense can find a way to stop its opponents a little bit more consistently in the first half and give its offense a little bit more time Playing from behind is difficult uh, on a week-to-week basis, which is what Mission Hills has had to do for some of these games. Um, and we'll get into that, how this all factors into our Thursday game against El Camino uh, in, coming up in a little bit. But overall, this was a really good win for Mission Hills, and I think a convincing one for some people as well. Yeah, before we get to Mission Hills, El Camino, Mission Hills coming off this win, and before we get to Friday night, Madison St. Augustine, and then again, you mentioned San Marcos del Norte we're going to have later in October. 
Um, in terms of the top of San Diego County, are we heading towards another Carlsbad Lincoln Open Division showdown? Is that what is almost inevitable at, the, at this point, in your opinion? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I mean, it's not only the quarterbacks, right? Achilles Smith Jr. and yep. and Julian Sane. It's the, the pieces around them, Drayden Gardner at Lincoln, um, and, and the defense. I mean, that's what was sort of slept on coming into the season as we're hearing about all these skilled position players on offense. But man, the defenses have just been unbelievable. I mean, Lincoln hasn't given up more than 12 points except for one game. And that was our game when we saw modern day Catholic put up 17 and that didn't even feel like it was a close game, right? Like that was the most points put Mm -hmm. up against Lincoln. They killed cathedral Catholic last week. They went 42 to seven against St. Augustine this week. We'll get to them uh, for our Friday game coming up here in, in a moment. But man, Carlsbad, They've been faltering a little bit. People, teams have been figuring out the style of the pro style of offense that they use. Julian Sane, Lincoln, a bit more dynamic. Kelly Smith Jr., more of a dual threat quarterback. I think they have more pieces around him at Lincoln than Sane has at Carlsbad. But man, they, these two teams are in a class of their own. And <laughs> I, I would venture that whoever wins the Open Division Championship will take on. Now I don't know. Link St. John Bosco beat Modern Day. Um, this past weekend up in, in Los Angeles, which was, or Orange County, which was, I mean, one of the biggest upsets in, in state history because St. John Bosco, the eighth ranked team in the nation, modern day, we know number one in the nation. Um, so that has implications for San Diego as well, because now all of a sudden the Trinity league, if, if, if you have an undefeated team in San Diego and you have a Trinity league team or two Trinity teams with one loss to each other with how Carlsbad and Lincoln have been playing. And I know I'm going long and really in depth on this, John, Whoever wins that Northern California, whether it's Dallas Al or Concord, whoever wins Northern California, if they're undefeated and we have one or two lost Trinity League team at the top, we might see a San Diego team against a Northern California team in the state open division championship, which is not something I think we've ever seen before. Um, and there's also a pretty good chance that we see one of those Trinity teams against the San Diego team in the open division championship. So San Diego is positioning itself really, really well because whoever loses the open division championship if it is Carlsbad or Lincoln, it's still going to be in the Division One AA state championship. So they're still going to have an opportunity to represent the section at the state level, but to have a team in the Open Division championship and to win it with an or with an opportunity to win it, because I do think Lincoln Lincoln could be there if the matchup is favorable for them. Um, <laughs> I mean that that puts this that puts the section on the map unlike it's ever been before. So those two teams continue to represent the section. We know what happened last in the open division with Lincoln getting the win. Um, and I do think that they're positioning themselves to take on each other again here soon. Uh, open division title will be at Snapdragon. Is that right? It, it I, was I a year ago. So. And I believe it'll be at Snapdragon Stadium mm-hmm. coming up later this fall as well. All right, let's look ahead. We got two games for you. Game time on your view back to back Thursday and Friday night, beginning Thursday night, October 19th at 7 p.m. Mission Hills off that quote unquote upset win at El Camino. Should be a really good atmosphere what are your expectations for Thursday night? Yeah, this good atmosphere is a really positive way to put it. I mean, El Camino, <laughs> we talk about environments all the time. And, and one of the great opportunities that we have with this job is being engulfed in the the cultures of the individual schools that we go to and just how different they are and how how much they embrace their own identities. Um, and El Camino is right up there with the, the cream of the crop here in San Diego. Um, where there's going to be a ton of people through those through those doors. And Mission Hill's not too far away in San Marcos, right? You're just going a little bit west to Oceanside. They're going to bring a, a pretty extensive crowd, I would assume, as well. So you have that factored in. And then you have an El Camino team who's hungry. You know, they've only lost twice, John. And, and one of those losses 
makes a little bit of sense. They played Mission Viejo, one of the better teams up in, in Southern Orange County. That was a season opener. So those games, you always take with a grain of salt anyways, because it's high school football and the opening games are net, not necessarily indicative of how the team's going to do the rest of the way, unless like it's a really, really bad loss. But then a couple of weeks ago, they lost to Torrey Pines 23 to 12. And um, Torrey Pines has figured out its defense a lot more here in the latter part of this season than we saw maybe the first four games for them. But still, to put up only 12 points against that team and losing uh, is a bit of a head scratcher. But other than that, I mean, Carson Howard, the quarterback for El Camino, 66% completion percentage. He has over 1,700 yards passing, 18 touchdowns, three interceptions. They also, have, by the mm. way, have two running backs who have carried the ball for over 400 yards this season and another running back who has 334 rushing yards this season. But all three of those guys are averaging more than six yards a carry. So you have Devin Serta, who's also leading the team in receiving yards over 250 uh, receiving yards this season. He's a Cal Poly commit. He has uh, three touchdowns this season. Ray to LA, also over 400 yards. And Leo Bell has the 334 yards. And between the three of them, John, they also have 11 touchdowns. So mm -hmm. this is a team with depth. They have a quarterback who's consistent. They, I wouldn't say that their downfield threat offensively is extensively... Um, like exuberant, like it's not. I think that if you're Mission Hills, your goal is to is to be behind these receivers and just to try and keep them in front of you. In front of you, but if that run game gets going, it could really open up the secondary for El Camino and they could burn Mission Hills a little bit. But again, Mission Hills, we saw last week they figured it out, especially defensively down the stretch against La Costa Canyon. I would venture that El Camino probably has a better offensive system equipped to beat Mission Hills defense defense than La Costa Canyon has. But I think that th there's a little bit more proof here down the stretch that Mission Hills, especially in that Carlsbad game, I know they lost by 20, but man, when you, when you put up a fight against Carlsbad in the second half on the road, <laughs> there's, there's valiance that comes with that. And I think that Mission Hills fuels that. And so this is going to be, I think a very close game and a very fun game on Thursday night. Could have another close game on Friday night. Now, Madison coming off a blowout loss, St. Augustine coming off a blowout loss to Lincoln. They're going to meet Friday night at St. Augustine. Game two of our you know, doubleheader for the week, week nine, Thursday and Friday night. Our second to last game on your view this season. How is this one shaping up? Yeah, Madison came into the season advertised as probably maybe the number two, number three defense in San Diego. They've had a couple of injuries, um, but you, you mentioned that they are coming off that blowout to Cathedral Catholic. Not a huge surprise. Cathedral Catholic three and six. I think that it's a bit of a mislead because they played the number two team in Nevada and the number 10 team in Arizona. Like they go out and they play an absolute gauntlet of a schedule. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the offense has really been the question mark for Madison. You know, they only put up 20 points against Mira Mesa. They get shut out in back-to-back -back games against Lincoln and Granite Hills. That's the number one and number three teams in San Diego. So it, I think that that's okay, but then their defense faltered in that game against Helix. This was really the game of the week, I think, during week number, what was it, five of the San Diego season, maybe week number four. They lost 53-19, to 19. Um, and, and I think that game, combined with the offensive struggles of the next two games, Granite Hills and Lincoln, have me questioning the identity of this Madison team a little bit because we haven't really seen any big offensive explosions other than when they beat Point Loma and Steel Cannon in the first two games of the season. And those aren't really, I don't think those were prolific wins. You know, 35 points against Point Loma, 33 points against Steel Canyon. Probably expect a little bit more out of a Madison team that was really highly regarded coming into the season. So this is an opportunity for them, John, um, to, to figure it out, to put it together and figure it out. A team that likes to run far more than it likes to throw the football. 
Um, but I think that we're going to see a bit more continuity again. A St. Augustine team that is also having uh, a precarious season, right? They lost 42 to 7 against Lincoln last week. They lost to Modern Day Catholic. Modern Day Catholic finally getting its groove on, like we were sort of alluding to earlier on when we were doing these shows. Only a 32 30 win against Newport Harbor. That's not a great team out of the southern section up there in, uh, in western Orange County. Uh, losses to Granite Hills. They did beat Poway. That's a good win, but we've learned since that Poway just isn't the team that we thought they were going to be this year. So, you know, St. Augustine doesn't really have a marquee win under their belt. They have a couple of bad losses, and they also have Madison. They have Cathedral Catholic and, and Madison. Oh, Madison's Thursday. They have Cathedral Catholic that in their season. So this is a really important game for both these teams for playoff implications, for league implications. Um, unfortunately, only one team can win. It's And it really is equally as important for both teams. I think what we're looking for here is if, if St. Augustine and the young offense and that young quarterback Palmer, who's been pretty good, 65% uh, completion percentage, 1,000 passing yards, but nine touchdowns in, in eight interceptions, not going to get the job done. They need to take care of the football. They need to make the most of their drives. And uh, Madison will make you pay if you don't if you don't take advantage of your opportunities. So it's going to be really be about who could protect the football uh, and who can move the ball more consistently. And uh, and really, who wants this one more? Because again, like one of these teams could get knocked out of out of the postseason opportunity with this game. And then finally, we've got this game coming up that you kind of previewed earlier, this October 26th game, which could be huge, San Marcos and Del Norte. But from a Del Norte perspective, as you've been covering this team all year and doing their play-by-play, -play, and they've lost just once, they're coming off a victory this past week, and I know their quarterback, Jack Schneider, was really good again. What are you seeing right now from Del Norte as we head towards the backstretch of the regular season? Yeah, they get a lot of flags. Uh, <laughs> we, we've seen We've seen some undisciplined play the last few weeks. Misdirection really gets their defensive line, I've learned. Um, that, and Mount Carmel sort of figured that out. Rancho Bernardo really put that in effect. Um, but the but the pieces are there. I mean, they have this freshman, Anthony Matar, who's a running back, who is... <laughs> he's doing PA for the freshman games. He speaks Mandarin. He, he could have gone to Helix. He could have gone to Madison. Chose to go to Del Norte. And he is the most prolific underclassman running back in, in San Diego. And on top of that, they have Ryan Remigio, a junior, and Chris Guzman, a senior. And all three guys are rushing for over about 300 to 500 yards this season, depending on who you're looking at. So you have running back depth. You have Ty Olson, one of the more prolific wide receivers in San Diego, and Jack Schneider, who's as consistent as they come, and he doesn't turn over the football. So this is a team offensively that can probably contest with anybody else. You put them up there with almost an outside of Lincoln, outside of Carlsbad. I think you can, you know, Granite Hills is probably the ceiling for where you could get this, what you get out of the skill position players offensively for Del Norte. The defense is rough. You know, they soft coverage a lot of times on receivers. They give up big plays up the middle. Um, they're pretty good on the on the ground, though. The the defensive line, when they hold between Adrian Gonzalez and Khalid Farah, um, two guys who are going to be playing on Saturdays pretty soon, it, it's, it's difficult to run against them. So if they can get at quarterbacks and apply pressure, disrupt the passing game that way, but uh, the secondary is definitely weak. So they, they need to rely on putting up big points if they're going to beat some of the, these more prolific offenses. Rona doesn't have a prolific offense, so I think they could get the win this Friday. San Marcos, a different story. Jason Nix, a diff, built, he's just built different. That guy is unbelievable at the wide receiver position. Um, and San Marcos is just so well coached. So that, that will be a really good game coming up on Thursday. And again, implications all over the place. I think Del Norte is probably locked up um, the number one spot in Division Two, but you want to go in the postseason momentum. San Marcos still vying for a top 20 ranking in San Diego, probably top 15. Um, and they have Rancho Bernardo this Friday. That's not an easy game either with Eric Weddle in town. So uh, that game is going to be full of implication, intrigue. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's their first time these two teams have ever played in a conference game. And uh, yeah, we're going to have that for you on your view next Thursday. 
First things first, again, join us this week. Game time on your view. Thursday night, Jonathan will be there. Mission Hills, El Camino. Friday night, I will be there. Madison, St. Augustine. And again, this episode brought to you by Palomar Health. Champions aren't made overnight. They're created through practice, determination, and dedication. Palomar Health. Champions of healthcare, champions for you. Jonathan, great stuff. Let's do it again next week. We're heading down the back stretch here in the regular season, and we'll do it again uh, a week from now. Don't let it end, John. Let's do this every week forever. I like it. All right. For Jonathan Rifkin, my name is John Schaefer. You've been watching Left Coast Sports presented by Palomar Health.